Welcome to Beneath the Bell Tower. I am the Reverend Dr. John William Richter III, and I'll be your host today as we explore all things life and ministry here at St. John's in beautiful Coleman, Alabama. Welcome back to part three of our exploration of who we are at St. John's Evangelical Protestant Church. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about the church, those who have been set apart by the grace of God and sent out to proclaim the grace of God. Uh, we could call the church Christ worshipers and Christ ambassadors. Um, but if the church is this gathering of people, it is those who gather under the banner of Jesus, who, who confess with Peter in Matthew's gospel that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then, of course, surrender to Him as such. And now the hard part. We move into the next phase of, dis of discussing what is an evangelical Protestant. Um, or we could ask, why does it say Lutheran above the front door of the sanctuary at St. John's? And so in this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be a Protestant. And to do that, we need to go back just briefly to the year 1517, specifically to October 31st, 1517, when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church in Germany. And so Luther has had this incredibly arduous spiritual journey. And at the end of that, his deliverance from that was really discovering the grace of Jesus in the Scriptures. And what Luther knew was that others needed to hear what he was hearing. They needed to see what he was seeing. They needed to experience what he was experiencing, which was, which was uh, joy and peace and freedom in the gospel of Jesus. And so he wants to begin this conversation formally with the larger church. And so he nails those theses onto the doors of the church in Wittenberg, looking simply for scholarly debate, not looking to launch a reformation, not looking to, he is offering a protest, um, but he's not looking to do anything new. He just wants to reform the church. He wants to get back to the basics of the gospel of Jesus. We don't have time for that conversation beyond that today. Uh, but what happened was is that Luther ended up launching a revolution of world-changing proportions. And it was built primarily on the principles that we'll sometimes call the solas. We could say there's five solas. Sola Scriptura, Sola Gratia, Sola Fide, Sola Christus, and Soli Deo Gloria. And sola simply means alone or solely. And we're going to focus on three of those. Sola Scriptura, Gratia, Fide. Of course, Soli Deo Gloria means for the glory of God alone. The Solus Christus means Christ alone. But Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone. And Scripture is the final authority, in other words, in matters of life and faith. Again, you can check out 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all Scripture is God-breathed. But Protestants, one thing Luther would begin to ultimately argue, and it would become a hallmark of Protestantism, is that Scripture is the final authority in matters of life and faith. The next sola is sola gratia, or grace alone. Grace is God's act to redeem sinners via the atoning death and resurrection of Jesus. So here we can think Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And of course, there is also sola fide, or faith alone, and faith in the sense of trust. 
and it's the only appropriate response to grace, right? Just sort of trusting, and it, and it becomes this sort of access. God's gift of faith is, is access into this gift of grace. And um, again, we can look at Romans chapter 1, and this was incredibly an important, an incredibly important verse for, for Luther as well. And Paul writes there, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And so uh, hallmarks of, the Pro- of a Protestantism say over and against uh, Catholicism or the Orthodox tradition, tradition, scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone. Now these tenets of the faith provide the groundwork from which St. John's works even today. The church is built on the identity of Jesus, these solas. These are our roots. The scriptures testify to Jesus. The work of Jesus on our behalf is a work of grace. We believe, we trust, we have faith in the testimony of and about Jesus, and we believe and trust and have faith in what he, that what he says is true. So what does it mean to be a Protestant? Ultimately, we could just sort of summarize it simply to trust in those solas of the Reformation. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone. Now, in light of those solas, there are still some things we don't want to lose. We don't lose sight of the history of the larger Christian tradition. So, for example, our Catholic and Orthodox friends hold um, church teachings and various interpretations of the Bible um, to be equally authoritative. Now, we would hold them to be useful and to be wise guides, but not equally authoritative. So, for example, Luther and Calvin read widely from the church fathers and from the history of Christianity, and so should we. But we view them as helpful, not as the final authority. Scripture is the final authority. Uh, Nonetheless, they are wise guides for us, but they are not finally binding or authoritative as Scripture is. Um, I love what C.S. Lewis writes regarding history and understanding of history. He says this, A man who has lived in many places is not likely to be deceived by the local errors of his native village. The scholar has lived in many times and is therefore in some degree immune from the great cataract of nonsense that pours forth from the press and the microphone of his age. And we could add to that now through social media, right? But this is why we need to read from the history of Christianity, because it is not merely a matter of picking up the Bible and interpreting it myself. I do it in the context and history of the one holy Catholic, that is the one holy universal church. And so tradition becomes incredibly important to us in terms of understanding and making sure our interpretation of Scripture is correct. So not only do we not lose sight of of tradition, we also don't lose sight of the importance of good works. Yes, Ephesians says we are saved by grace through faith, but then goes on to say in in chapter and verse 10 of chapter 2, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So how do, um, so another example of this is the Heidelberg Catechism tells us that um, one of the things we must know for our salvation is the debt of gratitude we owe. We must know we're guilty. We must know that grace is offered to us through Christ and His sacrifice on the cross. And then the appropriate response for that free gift of grace is gratitude, played out in the form of good works. So in the Protestant tradition, we hold that our good works are not in order to gain God's favor, 
but we do good works as a response to the favor that God has already shown to us. So tradition is important, very important. Good works, almost fundamental in a sense. Um, But Protestant tradition uh, falls back to those three key principles. Church authority ultimately is found, um, our authority for life and faith is found in Scripture. We are saved by grace, and we are saved simply by trusting what Christ has done for us. Next time, we'll pick up on what it means to be an evangelical. Until then, uh, peace be with you, and may you live in the faith and grace of Christ. Amen. I'm pressing